we're in the middle of this series on the Apostles' Creed, just before we go into that, I don't know whether the guys are in the room, but the compassion team, we love compassion, all that they do. If you guys are in the room, we need to stand to your feet. We want to welcome you. Thank you very much, these guys and all that they do. So we've just got, after this week, three weeks left on this series on the Apostles' Creed, which we've entitled, I Believe. And most weeks we've been repeating the creed, but we're not going to do that today just for the sake of time. Uh, I'm just going to ask us to repeat the part we're looking at today, which is, I believe in the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints. Can we say that? I believe in the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints. Every week up to now, when we've looked at the creed, We've been looking at this Godward relationship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's all been towards Him, this beautiful divine society, this community known as the Trinity. And now it turns it to look horizontally. Now we're looking at the Holy Catholic Church, which is far, but it also brings it really close, the communion of the saints. And my goal today for you is that you will stand in awe of the magnificence of the Holy Catholic Church. But not only in awe, but then you will align yourself with an expression of the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of the saints, close up. I want you to consider this beautiful church and then connect. I want you to be jubilant. How's that for a word? But I also want you to join. I want you to see something of the grandeur of this church, but only and also that you might stay. I want you to be mesmerized by the beauty and magnificence of the church. But I also want you to say, and I'm a member close up. I want you to see how big this church is, but I also want you to belong. And that's my goal in these 30 minutes or so. This is going to get up front and personal. This is still about the Holy Spirit. Remember we said, I believe in the Holy Spirit. And how everything else that flows from there is about what the Holy Spirit does. And this is what he does. He joins us with the Holy Catholic Church. And he helps us to connect to the communion of the saints. This is an old twee saying that I'm going to use with you, but maybe this says something a little bit about it. To dwell above with saints we love, oh, wouldn't that be glory? To dwell below with saints we know, now that's another story. So we're going to have a look at tire hitting the tar stuff, rubber hitting the road. So you're not allowed to say, I love you, Father. I love you, Holy Spirit. I love you, Jesus, but... Can't stand your kids. That's not an option. If I can adapt an old phrase which Harper Lee wrote about to kill a mockingbird, she said this You can choose your friends, but you sure can't choose your family. And they're still to you, they're still kin to you, no matter whether you acknowledge them or not. And it makes you look right silly when you don't. You've got to acknowledge them, you've got to be connected. I was at a theological establishment this week with a group of theologians, lovely bunch. I was just there observing some stuff with them and they were talking about their establishment and they were talking about their values and they wanted to talk about their values because they wanted to create a particular culture that was embedded in their DNA. 
And they were talking about these values and they sounded great. The only problem was, these last few years, they've had some issues there. And although their values were listed on their website, even on their wall, painted on, some of their values had been jettisoned in the midst of crisis. So two of their values were kindness and integrity. And yet there'd been lies and there'd been harsh words flowing around that clearly didn't align with their values. I just want you to know this. Unless the values get in your heart and produce action in your life, they mean nothing. So we want to be clear on our values. I'm saying that because remember when we started this series? We said what you believe must affect your behaviours. And if it doesn't, you don't really believe it. It's not part of you, but a belief affects your behavior. And so at the end of today, when we've got through, I want to just look at some behaviors that are very specific to what, if we, if we are this communion of saints, part of the Holy Catholic Church, then we must behave in a certain way. And we can call one another to account on that. I want to start by reminding us, I said this last week, and I say this often, because for me it's really important. Let's remember the church is people. The people of God. Metaphors used in the Bible, both Old and New Testaments, include these. The church is the household of faith, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. These are very people-centric metaphors. Now, not all metaphors about the church are like that. You have some that are about the church being a field, Or another one is about the church being like a temple. But even when it talks about the temple, it says that they are living stones. And I'm just pointing that out to say that the church is about people. And it's how we behave towards people that really matters. The Apostle Paul said this about the church. These are beautiful words. Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. That he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. If you believe in this divinely established institution, it's going to affect how you behave. And that's what we're going to get up to today. So I want to start by reading a quote to you. I've been reading some beautiful theological books this week. So this, this is a little bit, I'm going to have to unpack it and define it, but don't switch off when you hear what I say. Stay with me. So yes, we will, Steve. Thank you, both of you. This is from a book called The Future of Evangelicalism. And the writer writes this, the church is a community created by the Holy Spirit. Just stop there. The church, these are my words, is not a human institution. It's a divine institution. We are not sociologically formed. It's not culture and it's not external environmental factors that bring us together. It's the Spirit of God. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. We are a divine institution. We are supernaturally formed. This group of people, the Holy Catholic Church, the community of saints, is like no other body of people in the world. We are, like it says in the Bible, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. We are holy, belonging to God. In the book of Acts, when the church is growing, 
It says this, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You are not joined here just by geography or just by a thought you had. It's the Lord that's added you. It's God who adds people to his church. Of course they had to preach the gospel. Of course they had to create context with community. But it was the spirit who drew them in. I was reading this week in the book of Zechariah where Zerubbabel, I just like to say his name every now and again, Zerubbabel is charged with this rebuilding of the temple. He's brought some people back who are part of the remnants. It's tough, it's hard, there's opposition. But a prophet comes to him and says this, and this is still true today. He says to Zerubbabel, it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by my spirit, says the Lord. And we're involved in the greatest building project of history. But it's not natural, it's not just by special techniques, it's by my spirit. We are a people of the spirit. We are a people who are supernatural. I will build my church, Jesus said. And that's the building program we are involved in. One theologian put it like this, describes the church as the public face. I like this. The public face of the Holy Spirit. Let me read the rest of this quote to you. I already read the first line. The church is a community created by the Holy Spirit who uses biblical narrative to form Christian identity. In other words, the Spirit brings the Word of God alive to us so that we're shaped into the fullness and likeness of Christ. That's God's will for us, to present us to the, the Father without spot or wrinkle. Something gets changed in us. And then he quotes another theologian called Grenz, who says this. He says, because God is three persons in relationship, the only way you can realize the imago Dei, that is the image of God, the only way we can present the image of God to humanity is to form a community of persons in loving relationships, the church. The church then is the community of God, not only because it's been created by the triune God, but because the church shares in the triune community itself. So in other words, we've seen in this, in this um, creed, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, perfect society. But now we're invited in to connect. We're invited in as human beings, homo sapiens. We want to reflect this image and likeness of God. The only way we're going to do it is together. Did you hear me? It cannot be done alone. Because we are made in the image of God, we are more valuable than the rest of creation. Hello? We should honour, respect, but we're more valuable. We are the pinnacle of creation, humanity. This was God's very good when he created humanity. I want you to know that. Now, this is an area where I shouldn't even dare to tread. But I've noticed some of you in this church, and this is okay. You've been getting into your dogs. You've been buying dogs. There are more dogs have been bought in this last few months than I ever remembered. That's okay. But I've noticed this, the names that you are giving them are no longer names like Fido or Shep, but the names like Archie, a human name, or Oscar, or Benji, or Glenn, or Nicholas. And someone did come up to, up to me afterwards and say the dog they had growing up was called Steve. <laughs> In fact, they had five generations of Steve. They told me. 
That's fine. That's okay. But I just need you to know this. If the choice comes between your dog and your children, got it? The dog goes. Did I hear an amen? You're not sure. There is some serious error around right now. The dog goes. Kids, feed the kids or feed the dog. Sorry, feed your kids if it's that choice. Now, I know we must treat with respect all of God's created orders, so don't send me those emails. But my point is this. Humanity, human beings, are made in the image of God, likeness of God like nothing else. And the only way that we can truly represent this beautiful divine society, this trinity, this Godhead, is in community. We exist in humanity in order to form a community of persons in a loving relationship. That's why we exist. I wrote this in my notes, and it must be right. To be the best you you can be, knowing God is not enough. And then I wrote, that's not heresy. You must be with other fellows in the same ship. That's why it's called fellowship. You must be with other human beings so together we can reflect adequately adequately, this Godhead, this God that we serve. That's always been God's plan. It's always been his ultimate goal, simple terms, to have a people. Let me put it in in very simple terms. God is a relational God. That has always been his plan to have a people. It's always been his plan to have a people that are in harmony and community and relationship with him and with one another. When Jesus was asked, what are the markers of a follower of God? What are the main priorities? He said, it's twofold. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. You can't adequately have those markers, those lines in the sand, those foundational beliefs, those actions of life that is just related to God. It has to be your fellow human being in community. This is the church, the holy Catholic church. God wanted a people to represent him in the earth. That's his plan and his purpose. Listen to this scripture, the ultimate goal of his history, Revelation 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. There was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look. You know when says God says, look, I think everything shook. The scripture tells us. They said when Mexico scored a goal the other night, uh, that in Mexico the ground shook from just the human beings celebrating. Or when God speaks and he says, look, imagine the ground shaking. I'm reading into this. He's, God says this, God's dwelling place is now among people. And he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He'll wipe every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Who, he who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Our God is a God of people, a relational God. And if you begin to look at what he does, this relational God forms a People, I believe in the holy 
Catholic Church. Remember, Catholic doesn't mean associated with Roman or Anglo or anything else. Catholic means universal. It means whole. It doesn't matter what title you've got on your doorstep, on your doorfront. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you're part of the church. It's universal. Even in this congregation here, the diversity. We put, the world talks about diversity. It was their idea. Diversity is God's idea. We're all different. We're not all made out of tiki-taki and we don't all look just the same. We speak different languages. Right now across the globe, there are people that are making big of Jesus in worship, but they don't speak the same language as us. They don't have the same socioeconomic position as us, but they're our brothers and sisters. In this church, which is how it's meant to be, we've got people from every tribe, tongue and nation. Why don't we just do this? I want you to go around and hear how many of the were, but I'm going to ask us to do it together. Why don't we just stand in a moment and whatever nation is your nation of origin, shout it out at the top of your voice, including the Brits. All right? Just after three, just shout out where you're, where you're from, but country of origin originally. Ready? After three, stand up and shout it out. One, two, three. Now, I didn't hear anything, but God heard it all. Someone said Nigeria. I heard that. Nigeria. There we go. You Nigerians are off again. So, and that's exactly the way it should be. Because we're family. We're joined. It's got nothing to do with the language that you speak. It's nothing to do with your educational background. It's nothing to do with the colour of your skin. Though we enjoy the diversity of that. It's that we are all one in Christ Jesus. That's who we are. We belong together and we should celebrate our diversity. If you are stuck in your own little monoculture, break out. I went to a Brazilian church a few weeks ago speaking. It was their 15th anniversary. I didn't have to travel abroad. I only had to go to London. They had me there. It was starting at 7 o'clock. I got there early. I got for 6. No one there. Nothing happening. 6.30. Someone arrives. Wonderful. Go in. Meet the pastor, etc. 7 o'clock. That's the start time. I'm British. Like God, and it needs to start on time. That was a joke. It didn't. Quarter to eight, people are still ambling in. Maybe we're more Brazilian in this church than we thought. They're ambling in. They're kind of just coming in. And I'm thinking, oh, we sang in Portuguese. Then we sang in English. I think they only did the English for my sake because everyone else knew what they were doing except me. There's only one word I understood in the whole of that service Hallelujah. Because it's a universal language. Hallelujah. It was, and then I got up to speak. It was twice as long because it was through an interpreter. This is in London. Then I finished. Then we prayed for the pastors. Then they asked whose birthday it was. We prayed for a, Then we prayed again. And I'm thinking, oh, I want to go home. I'm, I'm speaking tomorrow in Cambridge. And we just prayed for everything that was moving. I thought, they're going to pray. I, I thought, this is what my thought was. They're going to pray for Brazil football team. That is the secret to their success. But they didn't. They left that one. I thought, oh, great. We finished. No, we hadn't. No, we hadn't. We had another worship time at the end. I think, this is what time you... I thought, oh, I can go now. Then they said, barbecue! Brazilian barbecue! Pastor Steve, you're the guest of honour. You must stay for the barbecue. This was Brazil in London. And it was fantastic. The food was so good. I'm so even as I talk. This is the kingdom of God, guys. We're all different, but we're one in Christ Jesus. One in Christ Jesus. Let me read to you from another theologian, then describe it. I love this line. 
The Catholicity of the church is ultimately rooted in the Catholicity of the gospel. What does that mean? It means the universality of the church from every tribe, tongue, and nation is because the gospel is universal. It's for all people. There's only one Lamb of God. There's only one Savior of the world. There's only one name on which you call upon and be saved. His name is Jesus. There's only one. The Catholicity of the church is ultimately rooted in the Catholicity of the gospel. It's a gospel for all men and women, boys and girls, wherever. Guys, do you know, you belong to a family bigger than you ever imagined. Bigger than you know. A beautiful bride. Oh, the church. We have the pleasure today of having compassion with us. We've mentioned the trip next year. Can I suggest this to you? And we can't all go. But get out of the UK. Go and sit in a home of someone else in another culture and worship God with them. It does something to your soul. It broadens your horizon. Can I encourage you? Now you can't all go to Africa. But Africa's come to us. So after this service, you can go and have a look at the compassion experience and walk through and experience something. I'm going to show you a clip from Compassion. It's a beautiful clip from the area that we sponsor most of the children. And we may sponsor more children than we put off. We, we realize this because there could be others who've not registered through C3. They're only the ones we know of, so there may be others. But I want you to look at this because the work of compassion is the work of the church. And we are working with them. They're part of us and we're part of them. So take a look at this and enjoy the work of compassion. That's the church. Do you and me, at the end of this service, I'm going to give you an opportunity, if you haven't already, to sponsor a child and be involved in that. Something you can do that's your belief in action. I'm going to finish, and it isn't going to take me long, trust me, with these notes that I've done here, just to tell you who and what you are. Number one, you are holy. That doesn't mean moral perfection. That means set apart for God. You are set apart. You are a royal nation belonging to God. Because we are in the world, our world is better. We were at the parliamentary prayer breakfast. There's so much I'd love to say with 170 MPs and peers this week. One of the things that the speaker, Tim Keller, was speaking about was, you are the salt of the world. If you lose your saltiness, you're not effective. The reason we're good for our world is because we're different. Don't try and compromise the difference. You are holy. And we influence our world for good. Now you say, oh, oh but it doesn't include a level of, of, of moral living, doesn't it? I can't do that. Yes, you can. Because you have the Holy Spirit. 
you have the Holy Bible and you have the Holy Church around you. You can't fail. Come on. You've got more than you ever knew. So here's my behavior. You are holy. Here's the behavior. You got it? Ready? Be holy. Because you can be. God's not going to ask you to do something that you can't do. And he says, be holy as I am holy. Be holy. Number two, we are members of the Holy Catholic Church. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit, the Apostle Paul's right, through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit. So in one breath he says to us, there's one body and one Spirit. Then he says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. You are members, but you have a part to play. Don't think you're not needed. You are needed. Every member, and by the way, don't think of member like member of a golf club where you pay your dues and you get certain benefits. Well, there are lots of benefits of being in the family of household of faith, but member is more like an, an arm or a leg or a limb or an organ in some way. You are vital. We need you. You need us. We're in this together. Play your part. Here's the practical. Play your part. Don't look on. Get involved. Thirdly, this, and this is one way you can find out what your part is, enjoy communion, the communion of the saints. That means enjoy community, enjoy togetherness, enjoy the differences, embrace them. In my notes here, and I haven't got time to do all this, I've written down every one another's of the Bible. There are 59 one another's. Look them up, just Google one another's in the Bible, and the list comes up. They include love one another, be at peace with one another, be devoted to one another, practice hospitality towards another, accept one another, greet one another with a holy kiss. Now, my, here's my advice. Take one of those issues, one of those one another's, and practice it in your life. Now, let's, let's contextualize the holy kiss stuff, okay? We are not suggesting that is, is culturally appropriate. It just means some sign of affection. I've been practicing on hugging people. Because someone said to me, you're not a very huggy person, are you? No, I'm not. And he said, we can tell when you hug us. Apparently, I tighten up. So I've been practicing. Now, don't hug too long. If it's too long, it's weird, all right? Unless it's your culture and you're, you're long huggers, that's okay. But for us Brits, it's kind of quick hug. In and out, all right? That's all, that's the way it goes. But it's saying practice showing affection, being honest. I know it's not easy. What about practicing hospitality? Show hospitality to one another. It doesn't have to be posh, just have them in your home. Don't have to be the best cutlery, just come. Why don't concentrate on that one for a few weeks? All these one another's that are part and parcel of what it is to be a member. And then finally, I finish with this before we show another two-minute clip. I'm going to do it in this way. Will all those that are saints please stand? So... I'm not going to, well done. Well done, you theologically astute people. Because the saints in the Bible 
are not those that have reached some perfection or some miracle has happened through them. The saints in the Bible, look at this verse that I've given in your notes, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together. We're the saints. You say, but I'm still sinning. That's all right, you're a sinning saint. It's not about being perfect. Now, we're not excusing your sin. There's forgiveness. But some of you that don't believe you're a saint, you've got an identity crisis going on, and you need to know to whom you belong. Don't think, I've got to be perfect. There's only one who's perfect, and we're still in the process. But you are sanctified. It's the same as holy. You're set apart for God's possession. Please take your seats. We're going to finish with... Another clip from Compassion. At the end of this, I'm just going to ask very simply, if you want to sponsor a child, you can do so today. You can take one of these sponsorship forms. This is a little boy here called Gabriel. You must take it to the stand if you're going to sponsor today. Or even if you decide not to, you must take it back to the stand that's there in Colton's Coffee. Because these are real children. These are being sponsored or not. And you need to decide... So take a look at this. This is a clip that shows children that have grown to adults and the influence that compassion has had on them. Take a look. sponsor had a great impact on me on my development because every time I go to school every time I do something I always think of them and I always make them proud yes I always want to make my parents proud too but there's another set of parents that I consider that I don't want to disappoint them I see my sponsors Betty and Boyd as as my family because uh, that's how they treated me. They treated me as one of their sons. The first person that helped me believe that I could be a leader was my sponsor, who wrote me that letter and told me that they believed in me. And I thought to myself, if they believed in me and I was going to become somebody, it's true. I can actually become that somebody. They always encourage me just to be a good student, a good daughter, and just to keep learning as much as I could because even though in my thoughts that maybe I would not be able to do much because I didn't have the resources, but they always put those words in my heart that I will have just a trust in God that He will He will He will open doors for me. I am what I am today because of a stranger willing to invest in my life and show me the, the love of Christ and pray for me and encourage me each step of the way. If I may give you some advice, two things. Do both of these or one of them today? Moments I'll ask you, do you want to sponsor a child? Sponsor a child. Even if you've got two, at the beginning of today, I'd have said to you, we've got two children we sponsor. I'm now able to tell you, we've got three children that we sponsor. 
Because when I was taking a service recently for the architect of this building who died and we were planting a tree for him and I did some research on tree planting services. One of the things I found that in Israel when a child was born they would often plant a tree that that child was then to nurture and feed and water through their life and then when they got to adulthood and they got married they would take some of the leaves from that tree from their family and leaves from the other tree the tree of another family where they were marrying and put them as part of the canopy over them as they were getting married saying families are joining and I thought to Ange hey we should uh, maybe plant a tree for our grandson Caleb that he can uh, nurture and grow with him I thought of it and I thought I'd like an apple tree but then today when I sat down after the first service I thought you know what we're going to do instead of a tree we're going to sponsor another child in Caleb's name Caleb maybe you can do that maybe you can take two or three well, the other thing, if you can't do that, is go and see the Compassion Experience outside. It's in the car park. It's going to be there till 8.30 this evening. If you can't do it now, come back this afternoon. Come back after there's a game of football on, I believe. I've got to make sure I'm finished for one, they tell me. But if, if it's a bad result, come back and cheer yourself up by going to the Compassion Experience. If it's a good result, come back and celebrate with the Compassion Experience. It's a win-win. Just come and enjoy it can't go now and you need to get away for whatever reason but if you want to sponsor a child maybe your first second or third would you just like to raise your hand now and one of the team will come round and give you one of these just raise your hand right up thank you two people at the back so keep them up so as they can get to you someone over here don't forget you must go to the stall with this must go to the stall even if it's to give it back but preferably to say yeah I want to sponsor anybody else before I finish say yeah keep your hand right up thank you I think that's everyone just think of all those lives that have been changed as a consequence of this someone in the middle here guys someone else there's one holy catholic church and we are part of it it must become close up and personal have a discovery track which every Sunday you can do to get to know your part place here in the local church sometimes not particularly these services but in our evening services I feel like I'm preaching to strangers we're not about creating a crowd we want to build a community and so discovery track whether that be on Sunday one week one week first week week one two week two you can do it over months if you want or come to the evening one that's starting in July and on a Sunday evening we're giving you lots of options come along to discover your part and place because what's big must become small otherwise it's a belief that doesn't have legs on it and there must be a behaviour 